0: Bible to Ephesians chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we've got some people who can let you borrow one today, just flag them down, and they'll get a Bible to you, and we're going to dig into Ephesians chapter 3. Our text today is a turning point. It's a transition point. It's kind of a hinge in the book of Ephesians. So far in Ephesians chapter 1 through 3 has talked so much about the thinking part of remembering what the Christian life is all about, what took place, what happened. And Paul has been working to help his readers understand the truth of what's taken place. And then here in the passage we cover, it starts turning in the corner, if you will, to the coming chapters talking about not just how to think about the Christian life, but how to walk the Christian life, how to be and how to live the Christian life. And so it's really a very important text as we're covering today, and you'll see the the turning take place. Now, in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14, is a prayer. Uh, This is the second prayer in Ephesians that's taken place. The first prayer was in Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. And as I just noted, Paul was praying that his readers would get it. That they would understand what has taken place. He's writing to believers in Christ. And he's saying, listen, believers in Christ... Remember this, and he explains what he had talked about. Now, as we begin taking this turn in this passage, he begins starting to talk about, listen, don't just get it, but get it for the purpose of living it out, okay? So we have a second prayer here. In fact, let's read our text, and let's do this. Would you stand with me as we read our text today? In Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, So that, the purpose, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, what a wonderful text we're about to dig into. Your love is wide. Your love is long. Your love is high. Your love is deep. Lord, help us comprehend your love this morning. Not just so that we know about it, but it it literally changes how we look at life and how we live life, only because of you, and only for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. People tend to be empowered by different kinds of things. There are different kinds of things that kind of drive people. I I noted five down here. One is success. Kind of the, I'm popular at school, therefore I am better. Kind of the, I have a higher position, more money, I have a bigger house, Therefore, I'm just too sexy for my shirt, kind of a thing. Well, my supposed success empowers me in that mindset. Success. Another one is knowledge. I have greater knowledge on something than others. Therefore, I am, (laughs) kind of an attitude. Uh, Like some superior intellect empowers my own superiority. And that can drive people. Success can. Knowledge can. Various forms of fear can drive people. Uh, For instance, the fear of what if I fail. Just think of how that can drive people. The fear of uh, what will they think. The fear of, well, that's the way it's always been done, and that's the way I grew up, and it is as different than that. So it can't be right because I grew up when Jesus was alive. Not really. Or, frankly, the fear of just a dominant, abusive fear. Fear me. You fear me. Fear can be an incredible, empowering, driving thing. A Fourth, I just put, is control. If everyone or everything would just stay in line as I see it, there won't be any conflict or hardships. Wouldn't that be nice if that were reality? There is power in desire and control. I've got a fifth one. How about the empowering drive of love? Now, don't you just want to go get a VW van and just go to Woodstock and just like love? And No, but I mean this. I mean this. How much... Does love, the love of what Christ has done for you, how much does it drive you? Driven by love, empowered by love, not guilt, not fear, not success, not control, but love. What am I talking about? Well, let's go to our text. What are the first three words? All together, what are the first three words? For this reason. Okay, for this reason. For this reason, what? Well, actually, for this reason is going back to chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says there, what are the first three words in verse 1? Okay, what had happened there, if you remember, is last week we talked about it. He says, for this reason, and he begins to explain, and he kind of gets on a little bit of a rabbit trail ex- explaining the church, the mystery, the body of Christ, God's new plan in how he is functioning through uh, working in the world today. And, and then he brings it back. So really, verse 14 is, okay, What I started in verse 1, I'm back to that for this reason. Well, so then we ask, what's the reason in chapter 3, verse 1? And the answer is mainly chapter two, but really all of chapters one and three, one and two. For this reason, chapters one and two. Okay, what am I talking about? I, I want to take a little bit of time and try and do a, a picture of this for us here, okay? Paul discussed the, in the text, Paul discusses the condition of the person without Christ. And over here is we're going to be our illustration of the person and the condition without Christ. Okay, this is the picture, the representation, a guy in jail. All right, and so here's this reality. I am in the pit of doom and despair over here. And if you remember, when we go back, in fact, let's Paul says some things. Bruce, why don't you click those up. These are some things that Paul said about what happens for the person that's in doom and despair, separated from God. They are dead in sins and sins. In fact, they're walking around in it. They're following the course of the world. They're following Satan. They're heirs of Satan. All this kind of stuff is taking place. And the scriptures say, everybody starts out right here. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Paul is describing this condition, this position, this place over here. Okay, now I need some help. And here's what we're going to do. All of you right here in this section... I love you, and I want for you to come with me to the pit of doom and despair. Come on. Okay? Watch the chords here. I want for you all to come on. Come on, come on. It's all right. We love you. All right? I appreciate your willingness to help me here. Okay, everybody come in the pit of doom and despair. All right, here you are. All right, now, here's what I want for you to do. I want for each of you to look up at the screen and pick out one of those statements up there, okay? It doesn't matter if it's far off or it's dead in sentences. It doesn't matter to me. Just pick out one of those statements, okay? Everybody got one? Now, in the passages that we studied in chapter 2, it talked about how everyone starts out in this separation, this alienation, as strangers of God separated because of sin. And the word in there is actually talking about how we're walking around in that. We're living in it. It's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, golly gee, I don't want to be here, but, like, someone pushed me here. It's no. The text is clearly in verse chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. It's saying, I am there. I am there by nature, and I am there by choice. Okay. So here's what I want for you to do. Okay, you got your thing? Now, what I want for you to do is walk around. Because we're walking. Okay, start walking around. Just walk around. Okay, just do a circle, whatever. Just walk around. Okay, and I want for you to start saying your statement. Say it. <laughs> okay. Okay, keep going. Okay, so this is the pit of doom and despair. Walking around it, separated from God. Okay, hold right there. Great. Okay? Now, in this situation, everybody stay right there. Now I need all the singles, okay, in our in our singles Bible study group, okay? I want for you to come on up over here. Alright? I want you to come on up over here because you guys get to get to be over here in heaven. <laughs> we got some bad attitudes over there. See? See? Okay, come on over here. Now Now, here, just representation here. Again, uh, uh, Paul is talking, and in the first two chapters, he's given us this description. And he's doing this on purpose. He's helping us to remember something, folks. And now, look at the list. Look at that list. Hey, uh, can I say this here for a moment? Paul was not a hellfire and brimstone preacher. Paul was a heaven, grace, and love preacher. Do you see the emphasis? I want to just say, that is really cool. That is really cool. And look, I, I tried to keep it where I'm not trying to multiply or stretch it out, but just points of what's said about each position, each condition. Okay, all oh, of you, you got it. You're picking up one, right? Pick up one. Okay, now you walk around and do the same thing. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, now, go. Okay. So these are the characteristics, these are the conditions of what's taking place. Now, I want for you to imagine right here in the middle is an infinite wall that separates that from this, and you cannot climb over it, you can't dig over it, you can't go around it, you can't get there except for what? Except for Christ. Okay, shh, just a minute. Okay, both, great job, you're doing a great job, stay there. Now, here's the thing. So if a person is over here, Paul says, in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. So you guys can't do anything to earn God's favor, can you? I mean, to earn God's complete forgiveness of your Nothing. So what needs to happen for a person to be saved? They, they, they need someone to rescue. So it's this kind of thing. Okay, walk around. Walk around again. Okay, they're walking around, and I come to the point where I realize Jesus died for me. I go, Jesus, save me! You died on the cross for my sins, Lord. I receive you as my Savior, and I want to live for you. And so, out of that, miraculously, just like on uh, 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 what's the uh, Harry Potter, you know, you walk through the wall. I don't know how that happened, but he, he walked through the wall. And he, yeah, I'm with you. Come on, Kyle. All right, okay, you can go ahead and stop. Now I'm over here. Okay, all of you, go ahead and sit down over there. Thank you for helping me with the pit of doom and despair. Now think about this for a moment. Because here's the picture. I have been one who is living over here with that. I have been thinking that way. I have been there by nature and by choice. The habits of my sinful thinking. The habits of my sinful living. Saved by grace. Yet, if you will, uh, forgiven. But yet those habits are carried over here. Now think about this. I have gone from that to this. Why in the world? Why in the world would I be over here and live like that? Why would I do that? I'm over here. I'm a new creation. Yet, I bring the habits of thinking and acting and behaving over here, don't I? Saved by grace. But one day, that will all be gone. But right now, while we're here, go... Right now, I'm over here in peace, and I want to tell you as a new believer, this is really weird for me. You guys are weird. I'm trying to get this figured out, and I don't know what this peace thing is all about, and I'm trying to understand it, and I've got to grow and change with what's taking place. Okay, go ahead and sit down. Thank you so much. Okay. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. What's the three first words? Okay. Paul, in what we're reading, is camping over here. And when he says, for this reason, he's talking about all that took place in this thing, me getting over here, and now all of this being on my table, yet me having come over, as Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7, I want to do what's right, but it's like I can't do what's right. And as we're going to be covering later on in Ephesians chapter 4, this is where I need to start changing. I need to change my thinking, and I need to put off, and I need to put on. And I just want to say, in the picture, do you get the whole thing? And yet we just sit back and we go, what in the world am I living like that over here for? This isn't just about getting to heaven. This is about a whole new life. And by the way, I don't deserve a lick of it. I have gone from that, dead, far off, separated, alienated, stranger with God, to being granted this, the love of God. For the love of God, let's live like it. Let's pick up in our passage for this reason, for that reason, Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees for the reason of just Paul in, in reflecting back that that was what happened with him. That's what happened with his readers for that reason. And he just falls down on his knees before God. And this is a prayer. It's interesting in the scriptures, the scripture talks about various positions in prayer. In prayer, it talks about how Abraham's servant prayed standing up in Genesis 24. In Judges 20, Israel sat and fasted and prayed. In 1 Timothy 2, there was the lifting of hands. In Exodus 34, Moses bowed his head. In Matthew 26, Jesus' face was to the ground in Gethsemane. And here in Ephesians chapter 3:14, Paul is bowing his knees, a, a, a reality of humility and submission to God. And he's praying to whom? To whom? Okay, I, I, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. It's just a description there. I don't want to get into it. There's various views on what that's talking about. Uh, I, I think it's referring to uh, from whom the, the father is uh, the father of all believers dead and alive. There's a couple other views on that, but it's not important for where we're going here today. For this reason, I bow my knees before the father. Verse 16, that according to the riches of his Glory. By the way, it's not out of the riches of his glory. You see, if it were out of the riches of his glory, whatever 100% means is I'm giving 2% or 5%. It's not talking about that. It's talking about according to. In other words, as God's glory is beyond comprehension in that kind of way he gives. It's not the carrot on the stick. Okay, you get a little bit of this now. And if you keep going, you get a little bit more. Good boy, good girl. Okay, okay. now a little bit further. That's not what's going on with God. God is not playing a game like with us like dogs. He's made it all available. He's giving out of according to the riches of his glory. He, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power. The word strengthened here is talking about really invigorated. Uh, it's the kind of thing where after a hard day's work, maybe you're out in the yard or You're working in the factory, and you just come home beat, and you're dead, and you're kind of dirty and dusty, and you take a shower, and you just get out of the shower, and you go, wow, I feel invigorated. it just feels so much recharged. I hope it's the kind of thing with what we were just talking about. You look at that and go, man, I was there, and now I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an invigorated kind of strengthening is what's being said here. An invigorated, strengthened with power. By the way, this power is not a power just for thinking. It's a power for living. In other words, that you would be invigorated as he's praying for them, that you'd be invigorated in light of what God has done for you to live for him. And power how? By means of the Holy Spirit, he says. The Spirit is the power of God at work with pe- in his people. Paul prays that the Holy Spirit will be such a strong influence on them that their whole lives will be radically changed. will strengthened. where? Power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. Now, what's he talking about here? Your inner being is your control center. Uh, it's your heart. Now, usually, as I've mentioned in the past when I talk about this, the inner being is right up here for you and I. I mean, it's here. Listen, we live life right here. The inner man, the, the inner person, the inner woman, that is the area where I think. That's the area where I respond to life. That's how I view life. And he's praying right there for us. Right there that this is the part. The inner man has changed. By the way, it's interesting. Corinthians, it says that the outer man is decaying and fading away. By the way, those pictures earlier at Straight Up Conference, I pulled those and I looked at them. And I thought, my Word, I am way balder than I thought. And he got it from the back, and I'm like, man, I'm telling you, when I touch it, there's more hair there. That picture lied. The outer man is decaying away. It's balding away. Yeah, right, bald people? James? Yeah. yeah, All right, Michael. Yeah. Okay, we're there. I'm getting there. Um So in this process, the outer man is decaying away. But is this interesting? But the inner man, the inner woman is strengthening. It's maturing. It should be growing. It should be forming. It should be deepening. Why? Because of what's happened here. Because of the cross. Because of the resurrection. Because of what Christ did for you and I. Everything is different. Once under the power of sin now no longer under the, power of, over, under the power of sin. Listen, believer in Christ, you can choose not to sin because of Jesus Christ. As the book we're doing in small group, it says this, I'm dead to that. Yet we struggle, don't we? I do. We do. Listen, I wish it was the kind of thing where I was over there and then transferred over here because of Christ, and it's like, get back! I'm just perfect. No more sin, no more problems, no more nothing. Think of this, one day that will be true. But right now, think of this. The increased glory that God gets when his children Still by nature sinners forgiven, yet when his children in that condition glorify their Lord. I would tend to say there's greater glory in that. When God so works in his people that they seek out to live for him, out of love for him. I mean, how? I'm like, if I were God, I would love to see that happen. I mean, you're pleasing me not because it's easy, but frankly, because it's hard. And because you love me. You're growing and you're changing because you love me. Verse 17. Here's the purpose. So that... Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Well, wait a second. If he's writing to believers, when the believer comes to Christ, when they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, at that point in time, doesn't Christ come dwell in their hearts? Well, yes, but this isn't talking about dwelling at salvation. This is talking about dwelling at sanctification. This is talking about dwelling and being set apart. In other words, I've been redeemed, but now God wants me to become this. And so I need to be setting myself apart to be this, what God has given to me. The word dwelling. The word dwelling is talking about to live in as a family member. It's to settle down and to make one's residence there. Barth says it's about the permanent inhabitation rather than an occasional visit. I love that. Here's what's taking place. So I'm over here. Sinner separated from God. Saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and i 'm over here, and i 've got oh my word, i 've got this, and then it 's like, you know what? I just kind of want to like dabble a little bit here. I really want to dabble here, and I kind of want I like what 's going on over here, but I want to be over here. And you understand the battle? We understand it, don 't we? But I want to say, just from the perspective, is that not like the stupidest thing to be doing? I am amazed at my own stupidity when God has done this. And yet, just like Paul in Romans 7, I'm prone to this garbage. Are you kidding me? Isn't that dumb? Isn't that dumb? It is literally just insane. but the heart is deceitful and desperately sick, and who can understand it? Oh, but you see, it, the grace, and it's like we, we go, "Oh, that's fun. That's the fun stuff. I love that stuff. What? Oh, the love of Christ, my word. I love this. I want this. I don't want this junk. I want this. Empowered by the reality of understanding what's taken place in my life. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in what? In love. A rooted. It's an agricultural term. It's talking about roots. <laughs> See how smart I am? It's talking about roots. But you get, get the picture. It's rooted. At salvation, we are planted. But then the roots begin to mature. And what in the text do they grow in? Have you ever, listen, believer, have you thought about that? That I am deepening my spiritual roots with God. This fertile soil of his love. And I would suggest that what it's talking about here is being so enamored by this so enraptured by the reality of the knowledge of what has taken place here that I'm like, dig it down, grow it in. I mean, sink it in. And then the next term is what? Rooted? A- 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 okay, and established or grounded. It- it- it's a building terminology. Listen, if you're going to build high, you've got to do what? You've got to dig deep. And the deeper you dig, the higher you can build. And what are you digging your foundation in? God's love. Years ago, we were building a a building for our company and we literally were doing it ourselves and we were digging the foundation. We rented a trencher. This is quite a sizable building and we're, Digging, using his tractor trench to dig the foundation in. And it had to go down deep. And every so often it got really annoying when we hit rocks that were already there. And I would just, as I thought about this analogy, it's just like, you know what? Sometimes when we've got to dig the foundation in God's love, that means we've got to get some of the junk that we've had in our lives and get it out. And it comes in and we just, that, I remember sitting on a thing that's like, (laughs) I mean, you hit a big rock. And it's like, oh, we got to dig that booger out. And it was going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort, but we got it out. And then we could keep digging with the trench and laying the foundation. But it's rooted and grounded in love that you may have the strength to comprehend. Listen, this comprehending is not just talking about an understanding. In other words, it's not just saying that you would have the strength just to get this. This is really, probably a better word would be that you apprehend it. It has the concept of grasping. In other words, it's like, I'm here, I love this, and I'm getting it, I'm grasping it, I'm taking a hold of it, and I'm living it out. It's that kind of comprehension that Paul's talking about here. Have the strength to comprehend with all the saints. By the way, P.S., there's a big movement today. That's going around in the concept of, I'll take Jesus, but the whole church thing, gee, they're annoying people. You know, in the church, really, the history past, it's got a lot of bad history, which it does. But I just want to say this, the body of Christ is God's invention. Jesus is the head of the body. And this idea that I can live my Christian life independently, individualistically, and forget being involved in a church. I just want to tell you, you don't see that in the scriptures at all. And so what's taking place here is I am over here and I'm to be with all the saints functioning, helping, apprehending together. Strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. Man, let me wrap it this way. For me, for years for so many years of my Christian life I don't think I understood becoming overwhelmed by the reality in other words loving God starts with understanding what God has done for me and if I don't understand all of this then frankly it just becomes a great thought but the more we get what has taken place here the more we go the height and the depth and the width And the breath, oh my word, God, you rock. Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ. I like this. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Do you get that? In other words, I want for you to know something you can't know. Well, then why try? Because of this. Because this is so glorious. So marvelous what God has done for us through Christ. That just start grabbing. But I'm telling you in advance, it's so big, you'll never get your arms around it. But get your arms around it and just grab and hug and hold and dig and... Forever and ever. Amen. Question. Why be a faithful steward of Jesus Christ? Because of his love. Why be a faithful minister, servant of Jesus Christ with your life? Because of Say it with me. Because of his love. Husbands. Why be a husband that is actively pursuing To be a servant minister in your home. Why? Ladies. Why be a wife? Why be a woman that is pursuing after doing what is right and honorable in your dress, in your speech, in your actions, and in your love for other people? Why? Teens. Why give a rip about all this living for Jesus? Why? Amen. Why view life through grace? Thank you. Why be God's kind of person? Why handle my finances to please God? especially now. Why be humble? Why get cranked up for Jesus? How do I know if I am allowing Christ to be the dwelling landlord of my life? I would say it from this standpoint. How often how many times during the day do you ask the question to yourself what would bring glory to Jesus Christ right now I think it's that simple How often do I ask that question in the car at home with the kids With friends, with my boss, with my neighbor, with my dog. How often do I ask, how would God want me to respond right now? I want to tell you, that is living this. That is living this. How often do you run that through the grid of how you live life? Listen, empowered by love. And for some, you may have grown up in a very legalistic background. I just want to tell you, it's not driven by rules. It's driven by love for what God did. And I call you to change your thinking, if that's you. And to be driven by love. Not to be driven by guilt, but driven by love. I mean, that's the thing that's moving me. Why would I go back there when God and his grace has put me over here? It just makes no sense to me to be driven by his love. Well, here's what I want to do. Paul started out in Paul Parade. I'd like for us to just take a couple minutes and just have some silent time of prayer. And if you remember in the very beginning when Paul prayed, he, uh, he took a position. And I'm just going to say this. I'd like for everybody to take some kind of position. It may be kneeling. I know it's in a the theater and the floor is kind of sticky. I don't want to ruin your pants. It may be kneeling. It may just be holding your hands up. It may just be bowing your head down. It may just be putting your hands up. It may be standing up. I don't really care. But I would like for everybody to kind of, when we pray here, just to take a position, just as an honoring to God, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray silently, and I'm just going to lead you on a topic, okay? So bow your heads, uh, kneel. Stand up, whatever you want to do, just to show God where you are at in reality here. And I would just ask, let's just take a moment and confess. Maybe there's some things in your life that just need confessing before God right now. In other words, I've been living over over here, God, but yet I've been saved. God, forgive me. Let's take some time of confession. Let's take some time and just pray that God would strengthen you, invigorate you to be more enraptured by the reality of what God has done for you. Let's pray the same for others, that God would be strengthening others, that God would be forming an invigorated love as a church and as a people. as we continue to pray so what I'm going to ask you let's just let's praise God let's just thank Him maybe it's going down the list of things listed up on the screen but just say and in fact let's do it this way would you just uh, talk in a, a, a kind of a quiet voice I just want to hear the murmuring of God's people praising Him just do that, just praise Him for a while just kind of talking a little quietly to yourself but let's just hear the murmuring of God's people God, He hears it all. Keep praying. Lord, as we close this time of prayer and move into a time of worship with You and song, I just want to read the words of a Puritan prayer. The topic of love. Love. Holiness is a spark from Thy love kindled to a flame in my heart by the Spirit. And so it ever turns to the place from which it comes. Lord, let me see Thy love everywhere. Not only in the cross, but in the fellowship of believers and in the world around me. When I feel the warmth of the sun May I praise Thee who art the Son of Righteousness with healing power. When I feel the tender rain, may I think of the gospel showers that water my soul. When I walk by the riverside, may I praise Thee for that stream that makes the eternal city glad and washes white my robes that I may have the right to the tree of life. Oh thy infinite love is a mystery of mysteries and my eternal rest lies in the eternal in the eternal enjoyment of it God Thanks for your love. Thanks for your love. Thanks for your love. All God's people said let's stand and let's sing it.